0: with the ancient ancient practices of sacrifice. And so the Savior was saying that that when salt loses its savor, that it's good for nothing, that it just can be thrown off to the side. And how does that compare to us today? If we are in tune with the teachings of the Savior, if we are in tune with Jesus Christ in our life, then we have savor. And savor is what the Lord asks of us, is that, that you need to keep that edge. You need to keep me focused in your life. You need to keep the savor. For without that, you don't have the flavor. You don't, you, you, you're milk toast. And uh, so he asks us to keep the purifying and the preserving and the purifying work as the salt of the earth. Doctrine and Covenants 103, 9 to 10, it says, For they were set to be a light into the world and to be the saviors of men. And as much as they are not the saviors of men, they are the, as salt that has lost its savor and is therefore good for nothing, but to be cast out and trodden under the feet of men. So back in the ancient times, when Moses stood um, on Mount Sinai and there declared the Ten Commandments, uh, they, the Jews, lived religiously by those commandments and by those laws. In fact, to the point where they, they became um, so ingrained that, you know, even, even counted the number of steps on the Sabbath day and, you know, some, so much time doing, you know, sacri- sacrifices and whatever. And, and for this sin, you need to pay this, you know, this, this particular, you know, penance for this particular sin. This week, we're going to talk about uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And by the way, this is Al Jensen, and I'm your host for the next uh, 15, 20 minutes. And we're going to talk about, uh, again, Matthew 5 and Luke 6. And uh, these uh, two cover the Sermon on the Mount, and um, we're going to mostly focus on that. But welcome to Seniors. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we got people coming in from all over the world. I am so excited, and please share—you know—your thoughts and ideas uh, where we're going, so people can listen. Uh, send me emails. Let's just keep this communication going. So let's start. And uh, by this point in Jesus' ministry, it was clear that his teachings were not like anybody else's, and what they were used to hearing. And on the Sermon on the Mount, he said some things that were so contrary to what the people in Jerusalem and the leaders in Jerusalem were, were to hear. Bless are the persecuted. Blessed are the meek. They will inherit the earth. And blessed are the poor. You know, and, and scribes and Pharisees were not teaching so, yet, these things. Um, you know what they were, what they did, uh, what they learned—the law of Moses, an eye for an eye, a, t- a tooth for a tooth hate thine enemy, but these are all lesser laws. And Jesus came to teach the higher law. And again, it was hard for them to do. So, everybody wants to be happy, but uh, many don't look in the same place. You know, when you ask yourself in this life, what brings happiness? What is happiness? Is it, uh, is it pleasure? Is it going out and... Uh, you know, enjoying the things of this world? Or is it inner peace? Is it, uh, is it uh, you know, joy? Is it is it those kinds of things that bring lasting peace to you? And Jesus offers lasting happy, happiness. And, uh, you know, Matthew in 5, 1 through 12 basically says... You know, that you, as you follow my commandments and when people revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil for my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, be happy. For great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And he he taught them that it's, it's... as you keep my commandments, as you follow the things that I tell you, you will be happy, you will feel and uh you know, come into my fold and fill the Spirit of the Lord with you. So regardless of what the earth the world says, you know, Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger, woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for So did their fathers to their false prophets. And Christ goes on to say, be careful that you don't get caught up in the pleasures of this world for real happiness and real peace comes from the gospel and the life of Jesus Christ. Salt has long been used to preserve, flavor, and purify. And Jesus used all the time analogies with salt, trees, seeds, water, you know, things that people could understand. And salt uh, had religious meaning for the Israelites. It was associated with the pra- practice of animal sacrifice. And Jesus came and said, um, I am the higher law. He talked about, you know, you need to be beyond just the physical and the mortal things. You need to be, be you need now be into spiritual things. Not only what goes on with your hands, it's also important to realize what's going on in your mind. And Jesus taught in Matthew five twenty-seven and 28, that ye have heard that it was said by them of old, in Matthew 27, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And he goes into the fact that we need to control our thoughts and our feelings for they are very very powerful and in a lot of cases our thoughts lead to actions and the thought precedes the action to control our body to mind control the things that we have here so that we're not so we don't succumb to the things of the world that we don't abuse our bodies in any way that we don't focus on evil thoughts and evil ways, but that we are here to control that. And Jesus there is that provide us with what we need to do to control it, his path and his plan of salvation. And so we need to step up to the higher law as Jesus proclaimed. So do we really need to be perfect? Christ says, be therefore perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And the term perfect was translated from the Greek telios, which means complete. The infinity form of the verb teliona, which means to reach a distant end. To be fully developed, to consummate, or to finish. So the word does not imply freedom from error. It implies achieving a distant objective. And the Lord taught, You're not able to abide in the presence of God now. Wherefore, continue in patience until ye are perfected. So perfection is a process. Be therefore perfect. Here's what the Lord is saying. Be therefore focused on perfection. Strive to the best of your abilities to do things as I would. To look towards perfection in in this life as much as you possibly can. You know what? We can be perfected in a lot of things. For example, I know people who are perfected at tithe payers. I know, I know people who are perfected at temple attenders. I mean, it's just line upon line, small things. And He Lord tells us, you know, be patient in perfection. It takes time. But can it be, is it possible? Sure. You know, we... We need not be dismayed if our earnest efforts toward perfection now seem so arduous and endless. You know, I and I think that there are some people out there that, unless everything goes perfect for them, and unless it's their way, unless it's you know completely down the path, that they're failures, that there's no way they're going to make it into the kingdom of heaven. And I think what Christ looks at is not necessarily the end result, the sin itself. He looks at. What are we doing to rid ourselves of that? What path are we taking? How are we striving to get beyond those problems that we have today? And, you know, the, the process, you know, even egregious sins, you know, the process where we go and, you know, confess the sin to a higher authority and then promise to a certain degree that we will live, you know, in righteousness and strive to live in righteousness, is what the Lord expects. He uh, he does not expect. I don't think for us, all of a sudden uh, the next day turn around and say I'm perfect. You know, uh, sin is uh, overcoming sin is a process, and no one that I know of, maybe there's some who have had you know addictions or debilitating problems, have been able to turn those things around in, in a relatively short time. It takes time, and it takes process, and it takes work. And is it worth it? Yeah. And can it be done? Yeah. And will the Lord help you? Absolutely. And can you come back unto him? Yeah. And will you be forgiven? Yeah. And will you be as white as the snow to be able to overcome these things? Yes. And so there's the hope. And through the love and atonement of Jesus Christ, through his kindness, through his Willingness to understand and accept this. We will be able to come back to him. And he will stand as our advocate in front of the Father. Explaining to him that we have done the best we can. We are running the course the best we can. We have repented uh, when necessary. We have strived when necessary. And in a sense done physically what we possibly could do to become more like him. And the Lord will recognize that and he'll say, okay, continue on the path of perfection until someday in the eternities, whenever that might be, that we might reach that point. So that concludes today's lesson. I hope uh, you can put up with my ramblings. It was, uh, you know, quite a bit. But uh, let's just review quickly what we talked about today. And um, we talked the difference between happiness and and joy and... um, pleasure and that happiness and joy you know are being full and of the spirit of light whereas pleasure is just temporary satisfaction of um, you know maybe some of the worldly things that are out there and Jesus you know teaches us that the true path and the true way to live this life is through happiness and then he talks to us about being the salt of the earth and then, to have the savor of the savor of that salt, so that so that we're always you know continually following him and repenting and coming back to him to keep that savor, so that the, our salt as salt is is always effective, and then finally we talked about the law of Christ that it supersedes the law of Moses, and how hard that was back in the time of Moses and back in the days in the Jews lived, you know, by the letter of the law constantly. And uh, this particular situation where Christ comes and explains that he is the higher law, very difficult for people to, um, to receive that, to, to uh, understand that this is the way it is. But that's what Christ was there for. And the people there that could be able to look past the law of Moses And come in full force with the law of Jesus Christ. We're the ones that basically um, were able to become true disciples. So that's today's lesson. Um, Bear with me as we go through these. So excited to be able to do this. I think it's been a lot of fun. Every week I'll just try to ramble on and cover a few more things. But this should keep us up to date. And uh, again, read, you know, in the New Testament certainly read Matthew 5 and Luke 6 and go through those as well as just all the chapters up to, you know, chapter 5, chapter 6 and Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And, you know, write down your thoughts. Um, practice what you uh, read. You know, let's, let's all, you know, share the light of Christ. And as I said before, uh, the light, both uh, good and evil, can be transmitted. And let your light so shine so that people can recognize your light and be able to feel happiness as they come uh, back into the fold of the Lord. So this has been Seniors, uh, S-E-N-I-O-R-Z-Z-Z. You'll listen uh, next week. We'll have another episode. And thank you for listening.